In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we mark the feast of Corpus Christi, literally the body of Christ, the body of Christ that we receive as the Eucharist. This is not a feast day I was raised with, and I'll admit when I came to St. James it confused me a bit, coming so quickly after Maundy Thursday, the institution of the Last Supper that we mark in Holy Week. Now that Ryan's not here, I could say it. I wondered if we were repeating ourselves a bit. But I have been struck by the way a few weeks can recontextualize everything. After the triumph of Easter, after the Spirit's power on Pentecost, after glorifying the Trinity, God three in one, we choose to mark this feast of the body of Christ, to better see the beauty of Christ's body lifted up for the whole world. This is the body of Christ who has died, who has risen, the Christ we call King and Lord. A few weeks really can recontextualize everything, except for the few in this room. You now see me through a video camera, and I have been wondering what to say to you about communion when none of us can have it. So I'll start by saying that I miss sharing communion with all of you more than anything. And this morning, I want to talk about two things. The first is the body of Christ, the literal body. And the second is our intention toward it. This day is meant for us to adore the body of Christ. God chose to come among us as a person like us. And that wafer we would receive in our outstretched hands was animated by that choice. That the fullness of God would pour first into a body, tangible, human, and frail. And with the physical gifts of bread and wine, God poured himself out for us into us, because that is what communion is. God dwells in us. God chose to come among us as a person. And so the person that God chose to be is actually really important. Jesus was a brown-skinned Jewish man. He was a religious minority living under an empire. That is how God went about eating and drinking and loving and healing in that particular body. And it was in that body that he was betrayed and handed over to the police and to the courts. And the people cried out that he should die in the name of law and order in Jerusalem. Jesus was beaten and humiliated when he was arrested, and he was hung, as Paul says, from a tree as an example. God chose to come among us as a person so through all of that suffering, he was still a man who had been somebody's baby. Jesus called out to his mother from the cross. God chose to come among us as a person, knowing us, knowing the way that we can treat each other as people, just so he could love us from up close. Jesus had a body and offered it to us with every vulnerability, for love, and it is that body, that battered and broken body that we lay on gold and silver, 
that we yearn for and that we adore. In sharing that body, we are knit into one, and that is the hope of the world, that we are transformed through self-offering love and the presence of God among us. But we cannot forget that Christ had a body, that God chose to come among us as a person, for it is that body and that personhood that convicts us. We cannot be people who do that kind of violence to each other or let it happen in our name. We cannot, cannot accept courts without justice, the brutality of our carceral system. We cannot accept racism as an inevitability. We cannot be at peace with the world as it is and be followers of that Jesus Christ. To paraphrase the Bishop Frank Weston, you cannot adore Christ on the altar and ignore him in your neighbor. You cannot adore Christ on the altar and hate him in your neighbor. That's what I wanted to say about the body of Christ. And now it comes to our intent towards that body, what I wanted to say about our intent. It may seem like a very strange way for me to go when so much is out of our control. When we are separated from each other and cannot have communion for reasons that are completely out of our hands. Yet when we are denied the substance, it is the spirit that matters. We have been offering God our spiritual communion much as how God offers himself to us. All of a sudden, intention is everything. I remember how the bread feels, the warm way the wine tastes, and how those sensations alone could root me to God's presence. And all of a sudden, in our deeply incarnate, deeply physical faith, intention is everything. In our prayer for spiritual communion, we say together that we present to God our souls and bodies. Is it our intention to make good on that offer? Do we want to be changed? Our gospel today comes from the sixth chapter of John, this conversation about the bread of heaven. Yet I have been thinking about a moment from the chapter before when Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda. He meets a man who has been sick for 38 years, and Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? Intention is everything. Jesus can make no assumptions, can make no decisions for us. Do you want to be made well? And that is the question, isn't it? We say that God offers himself to us because he does generously, yet we don't often say that in every offering there is a question implied. Do you want this? We say that communion transforms us, but do we want to be transformed? We say we are the body of Christ. Do we want to be that body? Do we want to be made well? The sick man knows his answer. Do we know ours? And does our country? We pray for peace. Yet when we pray for peace, are we praying for the transformative power of justice, the transformative power of the spirit? When we pray for peace, are we praying for the strength to rebuild our institutions? Are we praying for the strength we need to give up what we will have to give up to live in an equitable and humane world? 
Or are we praying for relative calm and to not have to think about all this painful stuff anymore? It's okay if you're praying for both. I feel that. And God can work with that. God can work if we pray for both. But Jesus wants to know our intent because he is clear that we cannot go back and we cannot let the bad old world roll on, not once we've seen what we have seen, not once we've seen what we have seen from the foot of the cross then and now. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to invite Christ spiritually into your heart? When we pray to receive Christ spiritually, we do not mean only to receive Christ's spirit. We pray to receive Christ's body, the bread of God that comes down from heaven to give life to the world. In John's gospel, those who hear Jesus say, Sir, give us this bread always. We pray to receive Christ's spirit and Christ's body because the body keeps the score. We pray to receive Jesus' body, the body of Christ that we venerate. We call Jesus Lord, we call Jesus King, and his very body that we long to receive is the body that bears the marks of our institutional inability to view all people as human. His very body that we long to receive is the body that bears the marks of our institutional inability to view all people as human. That is the body that we call spiritual food, the bread of heaven that came down to earth. That is the body that has and will enter into our own bodies and change us if we let it. Christ's body will abide in us and make us the body of Christ if we want it to. If we are willing to give stuff up, if we are willing to take the hard work on with gladness and singleness of heart, with strength and courage, if we intend to follow Jesus. Do you want to be well? Let the answer from God's people be, I do. Let the answer from God's people be, Amen.